Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Little chat. My co-host of the show, Mr. Jerry Carroll. Hello, sir. Hello, hello, hello. It's been a little while. We've had a few things going on, but we are here for you and your racial needs. No, just, I'm just uh, <laughs> but if you miss us... We do have a podcast that's actually gaining traction. It's called A Black Guy and a White Guy Confront dot dot dot. So it comes out every Friday. And we're getting we're getting we're getting some traction. I, I like it. I, I've been I've been wondering. I, I've started to answer these random calls that I, you know, I know are spam, but just in case it's an agent or something, you know, calling uh for my next opportunity. You never know. You could be you could, you could be called to be on a show. There's a lot of race stuff going on out there, Jared Carroll. <laughs> There's is never there, a shortage of it. Is there? I haven't I haven't noticed. I haven't been paying attention. Yeah, especially in your line of work, you never pay attention to race stuff. Exactly. <laughs> Welcome to Extra Connections Race Talk here on JLJ Media. I am the JLJ of JLJ Media, and uh, we are here. And uh, if you have any questions or whatever, you always put them in the chat. I love having you with us. Uh, watch, I see everybody's watching right now. Hello there. If you're here, hit the like button, subscribe, comment, all that goodness. We take it all. Um, of course, I have my list. But I, have to, I have to preface this. I have to caveat, preface, I don't know, I don't know. prologue, epilogue, I don't know what it is. But I have to say this list started from when we were supposed to be the last time. So, but it's still, it's still relevant in some stuff for we're going to talk about today. So this list is from like the last month or so. So it's including up to the minute, but I left I left it alone from before. So it's still to me still relevant. So we're gonna do it. I have to ask. I always do because one day he may say yes. We have a list yet? <laughs> no. Yeah. Well, one day. One day we have a list. It's gonna get there. So thank you. Hello, folks who are watching. Hello, thanks for likes, people. Thank you for likes. Okay, here it is. Get your pen ready uh, or pencil ready. Um, Mr. Carroll, here we go. <clears throat> Twitter X or X Twitter. Spill, Threads, Mastodon, Hive, Coffee and Bagel, Blue Sky, Clubhouse, House Party, Parlor, Spoutable, Barbie the Movie. Oppenheimer the movie, Barbie Hame, what they called it, Ben Shapiro, Piers Morgan, slaves benefited from slavery, Larry the Cable Guy, rest in peace Tony Bennett, rest in peace Bill Getty of The View, Days Are Our Lives, Ice Cube, my own, my own handwriting, oh yes, uh, Tucker Carlson on Twitter. The COVID vaccine boosters. Little Kim. Don Robinson in Vogue. Jamin of the group BTS. Tracy Chapman. Luke Combs. Jason Aldean. 
Robert F. Kennedy Jr. and his nephew, John Jack Bouvier Kennedy Schlossberg. Texas Governor Greg Abbott. Rest in peace, Sinead O'Connor. Rest in peace, William Friedkin. Luke from Big Brother 25. The Alabama incident and the folding chairs. Lizzo. Taylor Swift and the Swifties. Matt Walsh, Bill Maher. The 50th anniversary of hip hop. MC Light, Roxanne Chante, Queen Latifah, Moni Love, The Funky Four Plus One, Debbie Harry, Sylvia Robinson, Sugar Hill Gang, Melly Mel, Eminem, L Cool J, Days of Our Lives, now ex-executive producer Albert Alar, Hijack the TV Show, starring Idris Alba. Hello, folks, and hello, Jason Alvita. Okay, your thought. I saw you were decorating. So, your thoughts on this on this very well, list? Well, I actually wrote down more than usual. Not that I have any necessarily any <laughs> any clue to all the connections, but uh, there were a lot of interesting uh, things that I that I hope I think and hope we'll we'll dive into. Uh, it seems like you started off with some social media apps, yes, uh, and maybe some controversial ones. To, yes. to, to put it, you know, politely. Yes. Uh, and then it kind of seemed to go maybe into a conspiracy realm. Uh, I heard some names that oh, were, yes. were interesting. Uh, um, and then I wrote down Tracy Chapman because I'm a huge fan. <laughs> I get yes. I am, actually. Um, one of my favorite videos of all time is uh, go to YouTube and type in Tracy Chapman at Wembley. It's just her and a guitar and a hundred thousand people, and she—you can tell she's scared shitless, but she nails it. It's awesome. But anyway, and Luke Combs, I—I I believe he covered Fast Car, didn't he? And there was some, I guess, controversy, but some some discussion around blackness and whiteness and country and, and, and everything. So I, I think that might be an interesting direction to head into this evening. Uh, I have to admit that I. I saw a headline with Lizzo and I don't know what's going on, but I want, I hope you do. And we can, we can dive into it because it sounded like maybe there was like a fall from grace type of thing. Did I, am I on the right path? Okay. Uh, Swifties. I have a 14 year old uh, daughter enough said uh, and 50 anniversary of hip hop, which is also the 50th anniversary of, of me. Uh, so, um, oh, funny. Oh, wow. so therefore I invented hip hop. <laughs> folks, just make sure you clip that out, just that part, and post it everywhere. No, just kidding. Right. Yeah. And then, yeah, and then, and then, just troll me wherever you can. <laughs> so yeah, that's what I got. Oh, and I did write down Debbie Debbie Harry. Um, just because Debbie, Debbie Harry. Yeah. Well, I think when you you know I was you were listing some some names and you know Debbie Harry. I think we all know is white. Eminem is white. Uh, Beastie Boys are white. There are other white, uh, you know, either either actual hip hop artists or have delved, you know, into that realm a little bit. And I think that's an interesting phenomenon that I, um, I'd be interested in exploring. Yes. Yeah. So I'm good. Uh, first, first one is, um, 
Yeah, I know there's some places I want to go. So there's there's some good places I want to go. Okay, that's okay. <laughs> so okay, so hip hop's fifth was oh no, first one. Luke Combs has a number one song. It is the Redest Rapture by Blondie. Let's we'll put that in a second. Okay. So Luke Combs has number one song with Fast Car, his remake. It's a faithful remake. It's fine. Uh, but it made Tracy Chapman the first black woman solo to have a number one song in the country chart writer. Mm. She made history. Uh, I don't know how she feels about the song. I, don't, I haven't heard anything. I don't know if she, you guys have heard. I don't know if she liked the song. I have no idea. The song's a faithful cover. It's a faithful cover of it. Uh, it was just shocking. shocking like of all the songs in the world to cover, like for a country artist, like, oh, that's interesting. I mean, it's a good song. It was a huge hit, huge pop hit, R&B hit. Uh, brought her into the forefront, but it's kind of interesting that, oh, you chose that song. Uh, but it's a faithful cover. So I just want to mention that. And that goes into this whole thing of hip hop. Why I mentioned Blonde Debbie Harry. Uh, well, recently, okay, so recently there's several things that happened. Eminem is still getting dissed by certain black rappers for being white. And still, 2023. Still. And he's known as one of the greatest rappers. In my opinion, sorry, I'm black, but I don't care. He's known as one of the greatest rappers of all time. And I think he is. I think he's proven his skills. As a rapper, he's really, really good. But it goes to, can you let a black, a white person in a black run, created, started genre be number one? And so he did a diss track about that saying, you know, of course I do all this, but still, because I, but he understands it. Well, legend, Melly Mel, Grandmaster Melly Mel, who was back there with White Lines and Message, he did a diss track on Eminem and it was horrible. And it flopped. So now he's having a fall from grace like, you're one of the originals and who let you put that out? I heard it, it was bad. Um, so it was bad. And I'm, I was my like today. So to me, Eminem still wins. It goes through the whole when Macklemore won best rap album over Kendrick Lamar and other people, he had a fall from grace suddenly. But he's white. This album was good. The songs are big. You know, I know that. Um, and other acts over the years have had issues, except for a few, like the Beastie Boys, very are very well respected. But they also, their music changed over the years. They did some funk, instrumental, like, like intergalactics kind of, uh, kind of electronic, you know, sabotage is very raw, I guess. They kind of morphed up, but they're very well respected. Deborah Harry, speaking of 50 years of hip hop, it's, it's very well documented. She brought the first hip hop rap group on television. That was SNL. That was the Funky Four Plus One. Because she understood, she understood the rap, because the rap and the punk scene were doing the same stuff at the same time in New York. As was, as was uh, reggae. Well, that was an issue, but for right now, we're supposed to say, because she was part of the punk stuff, but you know, Deborah Harry, they did they did um, Titus High, which is also a it's reggae old, song. It's an old but, rock but it was, song, yeah. But it was mainly, it was mainly punk and, and rap were being kind of born, you know, there's, there was UK punk, so we use a whole story. About yeah, yeah, yeah. But the thing was, it was punk and rap were both kind of against the patriarch, against the hierarchy, trying to tell a story. And Deborah mm -hmm. Harry was a bridge between that because she was respectful of that. 
that she's very well revered in the whole hip hop game also. And Rapture was number one, of course, was a huge time. When it came out, it was a huge hit. He was a, he was a mere toddler when it came out. Uh, Mr. Carroll. Um, but yeah, I was 79, right? It was 81. It was 81. Okay. I was eight. I was, I was, uh, okay. oh. I was a mature eight year old. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. I wasn't a mature 12 year old. Um, but yeah, so I mean, so it was a huge hit and everything, but she had Fab Five Freddy, which is on the song in the video, Basquiat's in the video. Like she totally brought all that together and it wasn't performative. It was very much like, this down, there's this downtown city of New York that was happening at CBGB's and other places around it that was kind of bridging this world together. And so she's always mentioned in every hip hop documentary, everything she's always mentioned, and they're always mentioned because of that. But she brought the first rap group on SNL, which was huge news. I remember seeing them. I remember thinking, who are these people and what is going on? I, mean, I didn't know what was going on. And it was huge news. So um, hi from Ontario, Canada. I like, we've got people from Canada in here. I love it. Um, so I just want to kind of, so it's this whole black white thing where, where in spaces, we talked about the reggae thing on our show, about that, about you, because you, because you play, Jared, you play in a reggae band, don't you, right? And how you've talked about how you don't want to like, you don't do the overtly, you're not wearing fake dreads and stuff, you're not doing all that kind of stuff. No. Yeah. Please. James, th I mean, this, we could just do a show on just race and music. Yeah, easily. I mean, a weekly show. A right, daily no, no, show. I know, right. Because, well, A, because there's so much to talk about, but I think we both enjoy and know music so well. And I think we overlap a lot and then we have our different areas of, of expertise. But I love, so you know that on some of our podcast episodes and on this show, I've been interested in the current, well, not just current, but the current dynamic in social justice space, in movement spaces, in DEI spaces, which is kind of where I'm in the corporate world. This inability of folks who, who are very fluent in race and anti-racism and racial justice and, and, and often are folks of color uh, who, who have the lived experience as well, their in, un, inability or unwillingness, or maybe both, to differentiate between the history, and we know white supremacy is a thing, we know it's horrible, we know capitalism and colonialism and all the things, anti-Blackness, you know, we know all that's a thing, yes, and the unwillingness to recognize someone like Debbie Harry, someone like the Beastie Boys, someone like Joe Strummer from The Clash, The Magnificent Seven, right? who the reason he, they wrote that song because they were recording Lennon Calling in New York in 1979 and then 80, they stayed and they recorded Sandinista and they were just on the streets meeting all these people. And it just happened to be good timing. It was 1980 and hip hop was starting and they and, were there. And many of those, just so quickly, and many of those hip hop artists were dressing like the rock stars back then. Before, well, before the Adidas song came in. They were dressed like the rock stars. Right. And we know, you know, the Clash were, were a punk band and they kind of became other things. But, you know, the the the, the ethic, the ethos was was punk. We're so good. So, so good. I guess. So I, I point those out, those those examples out, because. Um, I think there needs to be more nuance in this discussion, which I know you bring and I know I bring and we bring when we're talking about it. 
and I'd like to see more people. Um, it's almost like a, I mean, I get it, like a racial pride and hey, black people invented hip hop. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. But in 1979 and 80 and 81, it, it wasn't what it is today. It was new and people, I mean, that's when Fela Kuti, I mean, it'd be a stretch maybe to call him hip hop. But if you listen to how he just fucking, you know, sings, it's hip hop in some ways. The 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 mechanics, the the cadences, right? And he was doing that since the early 70s. So my point is, it, people who know, who have more have fluency in more than just race and racial history, understand that it's not just black and white, right? And that's what I'm interested in exploring, you know, with you, and also just in general, if you know, if people are willing to to go there. Yeah, fans, you guys are watching. What is? Please tell us your thoughts in the chat. We have people in the chat. Please tell us your thoughts about this. Um, I it's funny because I go back to all these examples of um, because there's that fear of you want to take it away from us because it's happened before. Uh, totally. Examples: Pat Boone, Elvis Presley at some point, but a lot of black folks like Elvis Presley. So there's a that's he's a kind he's another he's a figure to talk about ourselves. Another show, right? Another <laughs> show also. But there's there's that whole thing of we create it, you take it away. Or you end it. And remember disco, uh, jazz. Certainly, are like we brought it to you guys. Even rock and roll and R and B. It was all black folks kind of started that stuff. And then it was like, no, it's like Little Richard finally getting a documentary. So finally, he's got a documentary coming out uh, soon. So it's like finally he's getting his due, where Jerry Lee Lewis always got his due. You know, mm-hmm. what I mean, it's like it's it's kind of like they're all good. Everybody was good, but it's like somehow. The white ones got the more attention. The black ones kind of fall the wayside. And it wasn't until, what, James Brown that kind of changed that a little bit because he was, I'm black and I'm proud, literally, he had a song and said that. And he was like, I am me. Joanne Howell says in the chat, which is very interesting, I agree. I don't think anyone owns a genre. Very interesting. Okay. Yeah. Uh, and Joanne, I don't know what race you are. I know you're my fans. I, you're from Ontario, Canada, but I don't know. What, I don't know if you want to share what race you are. I don't know what race you are. Very curious. Um, if you if you want to share that, um, I know I know the other two people what they are, but I don't know I don't know what I don't know what you are. But that's very interesting. I think that's the, I think a lot of people do believe that now at this point that now it's for the world, right? It's like you should be able to, if you respect the genre. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry. Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah. Oh. Sorry, we were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. What do you, how do you feel about that, um, actually, Jared? What do you yeah, think? I, I agree. It's about... Well, so there, there are two... Well, probably more elements, but two that I'm thinking of. There's there's respecting the genre, right? Are you actually 
genuinely, uh, I don't know, curious, interested, respectful of the genre and the the history of it and the you know the skill set, et cetera. And then there's, are you any good? But then there's also a third thing, like, okay, if you're good, or if some if some someone with a lot of money and power and and social capital thinks you're good, then how popular are you, or how or do you become? And then that's a whole nother thing, right? Because we know there, you know, there there are people who become popular, who you know are good, but not not really, right? That there are better there are people who we know who aren't as big as those people who are who are better. So all those factors to me come into it. But if you take like like the Beastie Boys, I I mean I'm not a and I'm not a, a, a hip hop historian by any means. Uh, you know even a mu- I mean I consider myself a, an amateur ethnomusicologist. That's kind of how I talk about it. like I understand the history of blues and jazz and country and then later you know rock and roll and and reggae and how it came from ska and then rock steady and reggae and. You know, I, I understand and appreciate I'm interested in all these musical trends throughout history. Um, but I see someone like the Beastie Boys and Eminem, and I have to admit I'm not a, a fan of his, or but I'm not a, a not a hater either. I just don't listen to his music. They're good. Yeah. And they're they're they, in my view, the Beastie Boys didn't take away from Tribe Called Quest, from De La Soul, from Diggable Planets, from uh, local band here in Oakland, Souls of Mischief, from, you know, Sadat X, from, you know, all these, you know, er, late 80s, early 90s hip hop, which is, you know, I think a lot of people really think that was like the core when that kind of came out. Beastie Boys were right in there. And yes, they were doing their own thing, but they were respectful of the genre. And I mean, I don't know, I haven't looked at record sales or popularity contests, but in my in my understanding of hip hop history, the Beastie Boys didn't their their popularity didn't subtract or take away from you know anyone else's popularity or 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 revenue or income again if someone has facts or data to you know disprove me i'm welcome to you know to to hear it but that's kind of how i think about it um and i think when when we whether we're folks of color or otherwise when we blanket say like you know oh white people are you know shouldn't do hip hop or white people shouldn't do reggae or it takes away from the people who actually are doing it well and respectfully because there's a difference between whiteness and white people. There's a difference between white supremacy and white people. Yes, they're obviously interconnected and related, but you can't talk about them the same way because they're different. They're different entities. Duran is white. Okay, thank you for sharing that. Jason Jose, who I know is not white, obviously, says there's a difference between being authentic and being an imposter. Eminem versus Vanilla Ice. There you go. Go right there. I feel, and I go with Joanne on the sense that because it was used against Black people, actually, kind of, all music should be, all genres should be open to anybody, again, who's good and who actually can do the music. Right, I'm with, I'm with you on that. That actually... The music, because I do music, and he does music. It's not, I mean, it's not easy to write songs. So I write songs on stuff. Um, it's, but I'm telling you to pick a genre and do it well. It takes, it takes work, and it takes talent. Um, and I think if you say you're gonna do a jazz album, it better be a jazz album. Yeah, you know, I, mean, I don't care what color you are. I just want to make sure that it's, and it could be, and there's different types of jazz. I know that, but say, but it should be. You're gonna do an R. I'll tell you, if you do an R, we do a dance album. I bet we want to dance. 
Well, I'm going to throw some things out, and this may sound like I'm just kind of showing off. If, you know, oh, jazz is for Black people. Oh, really? You ever heard Art Pepper? Right? You ever heard Stan Getz? You ever heard, you know... David uh, Sanborn. Pat right? You ever heard lot. Dave Brubeck? It's like, there, there are people out there who are doing it well, respectfully, oh, et, cetera, well. et cetera, right? Oh, oh, house music's for Black people. Yes, we know it started in Chicago. And it was the gay black folks and Latino folks who, who started it. But you ever heard Mark Farina? He's the nerdiest white dude you'll ever hear. And he fucking is the one of the best DJs I've ever heard. Yeah, he is. So he's doing it well. He's doing it respectfully. He's crediting, you know, he's he's giving credit to the people he samples to where he learned from. He, you know what I'm saying? So, you know, oh, oh, only black people can play the blues. Oh, yeah. You ever heard of Doc Watson? Right. So it's like if you actually know. Oh, you know, B.B. Uh, King's the best guitarist ever. Oh, ever heard of Django Reinhardt played with two fingers on his left hand? Right. So like if you actually know music, his in this case, we're talking about music, but take any category. If you actually know your history, you know, you don't stay stupid. You know, you don't say stupid shit like that. In the chat, they're saying uh, Bob James, the most sampled jazz artist. There you go. My, the like in the chat room. As you're talking, sorry, as we we're going. Go ahead. No, that's it. I was just, yeah. I think, I think that's where the, the discussion can be more nuanced and actually more effective and more impactful. So we can say, Hey, jazz, let's say jazz, right? Jazz, hip hop. Well, let's say hip hop. Cause it's 50 years, right? Hip hop. Yes. It was started by DJ cool Herc. And there, you know, there's actually a, a, an article I've bookmarked. I haven't got to it. it has like one significant event in hip hop history from 73 to today oh wow okay i'm looking forward to yeah to reading it um i'm sure a lot of them will be like oh yeah i remember that and a lot of them like oh i never heard of that um but the point is like if we can have these more nuanced conversation we can say simultaneously hip-hop is a you know was, was created by and for you know black folks in black communities for black liberation expression etc and and that, so that's a truth Another truth, there are white people who can do it and have done it and who do it well. That's a truth. And another truth is there are white people like Vanilla Ice who suck and are, you know, giving it a bad name and and taking it, you know, as you said, like we created it and you and you, you know, you made it, you took it. So all those things can be true and all those things are true. Yes. I uh I always think of um I went saw a Tina Turner musical. And when the points they say when she was trying to make a reinvention, she's like, oh, I'm tired of seeing these sad R&B blues songs I did with Ike. Yeah, I could do them well. But she's like, I want to be a rocker. And they're like, but you're black. <laughs> and she was old. Compared to in the late, maybe they thought she was in her 40s or late 30s or whatever. You're old, but you're also, you're black. And what has happened, Tia Turner's called the queen of rock and roll. I mean, like, she made, she made it happen. Um... And I was like, just because she's from Nutbush, Tennessee, and can sing the R&B songs and did them very well. Um, but, you know, Proud Mary showed that she had bigger range than that. And River Deep Mountain High showed she had bigger range than that. I was like, she's like, I could do other stuff. Yeah. Frosty was doing disco for a while and all stuff. But then when she came back, it was pop rock songs. And she sang with Mick Jagger. She sang with Brian Adams. She said, like, she was doing all this, you know, her persona. The hair. It was like, yes, you could do it. There's also there's a funny story uh, about Rick James that I always found. I didn't know the story until years later. And I was like, oh, okay. 
Rich James is considered one of the best R&B funk artists of all time, right? Obviously, drugs did him in and all that. Um, and he found Tina Marie, who literally is one of the greatest R&B vocalists of all time, who's white. And everybody, everybody black doesn't even count her as white because she's so, she just fit right in perfectly, right? Well, when he died, Neil Young was commenting on him. Like, Neil Young and Rick James, and they were, it turns out they were in a group called the Myrna Birds back in the 60s. Hmm. Neil Young and Rick James? Yes. Isn't that funny? I heard it. I was like, oh. But his whole thing was that, he goes, well, why not? We both were into folk music. And there were Black folks into folk music. And he's a guitarist. And Rick James is a guitar. And like, it said it totally worked. It, it, just, it just didn't go big. So they separated. And I literally, probably still Nash and Young. And, and him was Rick James. But they said they stayed friends for years. But it's like, but Rick James could do, some of his songs were on the rock side of things. Some of his songs were very flashy, were very big. He told stories in his songs. You know, even Super Freak, you know, that huge, that huge song. There's a story in there. Um, but, he, but he did his masterpiece album, I think it's uh, Street Songs, which was a crossover hit. He talked about ghetto life, the street, but he was telling stories. And I was yeah. like, but that's, what anybody did in the 60s, they were they were, they were busy telling stories. That's what they always so it's like, but people like, really? but it's like it's not really that far-fetched. You start really thinking about it. It's like once you start to kind of go, well, music's for everyone, uh, influences are for everyone. Not everybody was just Motown. It was like not all black was just Motown. There was Jimi Hendrix, there was other like there's people who were doing they were black, they were doing other stuff. So I think it's like, it was a funny story. We go, Rick James, and yes, at first it's kind of like, oh, they were together, but now I'm like, why not? Again, if you know, so, you know, you're saying, you know, these things are for everyone. The 12 notes of the Western scale are for everyone. Yes. Right. So, you know, anyone who's a musician who, who's listening knows that, you know, they're only, they're only 12 notes. They're only 12 chords. Well, 12, you know, basic, right. basic chords. And there's infinite things you can do with them and ways you can play and styles and rhythms and cadences and everything. But really, it comes down to, you know, the the twelve notes, and what are you going to do with these chord structures and these, you know, things? And of course, that's kind of in my mind, like that's the beauty of music. You know, it's like, especially when you get into, well, I mean, shit, any era. But you know, if you're talking about the '60s, I mean, talking about telling stories. I mean, there's Bob Dylan singing, you know, with an acoustic. Yeah, I mean, people. People who actually really know music, whether they're musicians, you know, famous musicians themselves or, or not, know talent when they see it. And it doesn't matter what genre. You might not like it. You might not really listen to it that much. I don't listen to heavy metal. Am I going to say like, you know, uh, Metallica sucks? No, I don't enjoy it. It's not my thing, but I recognize the talent, the skill, the, you know, the, et cetera. I don't even and understand, so, man. Not even, not even one. Not even, not even, I, I, love, I, love, I love Metallica. That's story. But, but I'm just using that as an example, right? But and so you know, you hear like Nirvana, you know, and they're in their unplugged. Like this is one of our favorite artists, Lead Belly. Now I happen to be deep into like acoustic country blues during that time, like in the uh, in the nine, like basically all the '90s. So I knew who Lead Belly was, and I'd listened to him. And I was at the time, I was like Nirvana, Lead Belly. And they're like, wait a second, why why wouldn't they? But I guarantee you, you know, if you have 100 Nirvana fans, 98 of them hadn't heard of Lead Belly, and then 94 of them went and listened to Lead Belly and got turned on to like 
you know, old acoustic blues. And so people who know, know, and it be, it doesn't become like, oh, he's a white guy. He shouldn't be doing rap. It's like, no, like learn your history and then recognize the difference between Eminem and Vanilla Ice, as uh, someone said in the chat, right? But the chat they're bringing up, your team Marie is your mom's favorite, but your team Marie was, I mean, literally no one thinks she's black, white. They think she's black, but she's actually white. Um, she was that, that revered in the black community. Charlie Pride, yes. First yep. black country star. Porn Sisters, what a great for country, yes. I need to do some country songs. Lionel Richie did country songs, wrote for Kenny Rogers. So because he grew up in Tennessee, you know, he was in, in Tennessee and stuff, so he knew he liked country. It's funny much of the country stuff because um, when I heard that Darius Rucker was reinventing himself, it wasn't far-fetched because I'm like, well, this, well, if you listen to Hootie the Blowfish, it was country-esque rock. I hated them. Sorry, I did. I hated them. They were huge. <laughs> hated them. I couldn't stand. Oh. Yeah, I, was, I wasn't I was a big fan either. Oh, between them and Creed. I was like, oh, let me start on that. <laughs> um, anyway, so I, I digress, Jared. I digress, Jared. Um, it was the 90s. Um, but I actually kind of like some of his country songs. His voice really fits it. Um, and so I was like, but he's like, what's his name? Kane Brown. I've, one time I was like, wait a minute, he looked kind of black to me. Well, it turns out he's half black. He's actually biracial. He's huge in the country charts right now. So it's like, yeah, it doesn't matter. We've got some black, but there's also um, Mickey, Gu Mickey Guyton. She's black, doing country. Uh, there was Cowboy yeah. Troy for a minute. He was trying to do cowboy hip hop with uh, Big and Rich. There's a Rhiannon, Rhiannon Giddens from uh, Carolina Chocolate Drops, which yes. if you listen to their first album. It's so good. No, she played like banjo and like jug. No, you know, I love them. Yeah. So it's like, but it's just kind of like uh, it's. But I'm saying it's funny. Guys, you guys, it's funny. Guys, in the chat are bringing up the country black people. Yes, it was very much. There was a lot of um, some crossover, but not allowed that much though, Jared. There was a lot of racism about that. There was not allowed. You're not allowed to do anything. I mean, Lil Nas X is the biggest example of racism in the country world, where his song. Old Town Road sounds like country, but a little hip hop in there, yes. And they it was it was going up the charts, and then country radio said, "Nope, you're black. It sounds too it sounds too hip hop. You can't be on a chart." And what happened? Our buddy, your buddy, Mr. Eki Breaking Heart, Mr. Hannah Montana's father, Billy Ray Cyrus <laughs> said, "Fuck that," and came in, and the song got huge. But that was the first. It was, it was the first thing where we, I, I clearly think it was race. I'm sorry, I think it was race. I think it was totally racial. That they, they cut it off. They like said, nope, it's just, the song's getting too big. And, I, and I'm going to say this on a little side before we get into more. I was going to say this, because I do believe it, not a conspiracy. I do believe, and you ask it, whatever. Michael Jackson got too big. And I think they start going after him. I think, I, I think sometimes when black folks get really super big, it's like they already people already, especially in America, when you go up, they want to tear you down. That's just that's just natural. We all we know that. And then they love a comeback, of course. But some folks in certain genres, they get a little too big. It's like we don't like that. Well, that's white supremacy. That's capitalism. That's colonialism. That's uh, you know, uh, replacement theory fears, et cetera. Right. So whether it's you know, in this case, music or sports or politics or. You know, yeah, I hundred percent agree with that. Um, I, I that might be an, another episode to explore. Yes, exactly right. Yes, Michael Jackson uh, takedown theory. But <laughs> you know, what I'm I'm curious because you you mentioned it in your list, and that just before oh, yeah. we forget to 
So, so Tracy Chapman, I actually, so I think her first album came out in 88. Yes, it did. And I was 15. So I was a sophomore in high school. At that time, I was really into, I was kind of at this bridge between like new wave, new order, Echo and the Bunnymen, the Smiths, uh, that kind of stuff. And kind of getting into my classic rock, Zeppelin and Stones and Kiss. My best friend was into Kiss and all that stuff. So that was kind of where my mind was at. But I have to say, I loved Tracy Chapman from the beginning as a 15-year-old kid. And I was fairly open about it with some friends. Like a, a friend of mine and I, we almost went to her concert. For some reason we didn't. I don't know. I don't know why when I was, I think we were 16. So I love Tracy Chapman. I love her today. I've actually tried to find her first two albums on vinyl and I can't find them anywhere. You go to Discogs and they're like a hundred bucks. Like, whoa, shit. Okay, this is rare stuff. So Luke Combs, I'm not, I'm not up to speed on my modern country stars. I don't know a lot about him or his past or what, what is the controversy? Is it just that he chose to do a Tracy Chapman song? It's done well, it's big. And then what, what is, is there controversy from the, the country people? Like, why do you cover this black person's song? And then is there controversy from black folks saying, you know, Hey, you know, why are you covering the song? This is a black icon. Like, what is the, I, I guess I, I'm not up to speed on the full details of the controversy. So it's not a huge controversy because the Jason Aldean thing is worse. The Not My Small Town song, I'm sure you hear about that. The video and all that. So that's that's the more controversial one. But it just it was more of, again, I don't, even think black, I don't even think black folks. It's just more of the country folks going, is this really a country song? Mm. And it'd be a country song. Because remember, country folks are very, especially country radio. I should say country radio. Country radio is very protective. And I think why Taylor Swift went full-on pop because she started doing some pop songs within her country songs and her songs were country pop leanne rhymes the same right before her um what's her name leanne. they were leanne rhymes faith hill they started going that direction country didn't like that hello it is ryan and i was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com i looked over the person sitting next to me and you know what they were doing they're also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. So they're very protective on... You use the sound, but also you use country writers within the industry. And there's a there's about 13 million of them in Nashville. Alone. Yes, of course, of course. Go Nashville. Uh, but that's you use one of our own. Yep. To create some hits, or one or one of the you know four or five. You cover a Dolly Parton song. You cover a Reba McIntyre. That's different. A George Strait song. I think you know. I think it started with um, you know. My two favorites, Garth Brooks and Shania Twain in the 90s, it started with them. You know, Shania Twain was wearing midriffs. 
and saying about man, you know, I feel like a woman. Like there was just, she was doing stuff that was like, it was kind of had twang in it. It was country, but it was also kind of poppy. And you know, and Garth Brooks was very much like a rock and roll star because he liked Kiss. You know, Kiss, he loved Kiss. That was mm -hmm. his group. So he all his theatrics and all his stuff was really big. And it was like, it's like a hello. It's like you can have other influence. Many of us that are our age group, that I was didn't forget. We grew up at a time where there's a lot of different kinds of music at our fingertips. In the 80s and even the 90s, it was a lot of music. And it was all mixing. I mean, you're listening to Culture Club next to Duran Duran, next to DeBarge, next to Michael Jackson, next to Prince, next to Madonna. Like, it was all, Bruce, it was all mixed together, right? So we were listening to R. Kelly, sorry, I say R. Kelly, mixed with, you know, the Spice Girls, mixed with mixed Backstreet Boys, mixed with Green Day. Like, it was all... It was completely, it was like, it was all mixed together. So I would think any musician, that's a, this is a good point too, what's what in a second. Also, if you grow up with these influences naturally, then is it your fault if you gravitate that way musically? That's a thought, right? Before you get to that, that's what I said, it's a thought, when you think about that, that's a, that's a thought. Like, like, I always go, well, if you're a white guy, I have white friends who grew up in my black neighborhood. They love R&B music. They hate rock music. Well, they grew up in my neighborhood where we played R&B music all the time. It's like, that's the influence. It's almost like you can't fault them for somebody's like, you can't because they like it, they're white, they like it. Um, but what I was saying with the Luke comes in, so it's, it's more of, you didn't use one of our own, yeah. black lesbian, well, whatever, folk, a folk song, kind of, even though folk and country are not, they want to call it Americana now, whatever. It's not now, you know, people like Nico Case on it's not, it's not that different. Uh, there's a lot of that going on. And so I I'm sorry I have to admit, I'm not was a Tracy Chapman fan. Um, and I I because it was funny because she came out, because you're right, when she came out, she was like this anomaly because she reminded me of Sade. A few years earlier, Sade came out with that jazzy kind of like smooth operator, all that stuff. I was like, it was so just different. And when Tracy Chapman came out, folk music hadn't made a resurgence yet until maybe a few years after. You got the Indigo Girls and Desiree. And they started coming out after that. But she was kind of one of the first. We got yeah. Susan Vega. All, they all came out like after that. Yeah. Like one of the first. You're right. That album was huge. She won all the Grammys. That song was huge. It was like, I just, I just couldn't, I couldn't get into her at the time. I appreciate the song now, but I couldn't get into her then. Well, and I'm glad you're sharing that. And, you know, I, I just, by way of example, a few minutes ago, I talked about, you know, Metallica. There's a difference between appreciation and, and, and pre like preference or taste. So what I found is, and I'm kind of a music snob. In fact, I think I may have shared this before. My kids were a few months ago there at a store and they saw a shirt that they didn't buy. And I don't know if I would have worn it, but I liked the sentiment. It said, it just said, your taste in music sucks. And, and that's all it says, right? And yeah. so like, I'm like, yeah, that's kind of me, right? So I am kind of a, a little bit of a snob. <laughs> but, I mean, mostly joking. But what I notice is, um, you know, and back to, that's interesting how you explain it totally makes sense with the country. Like it's so insular and it is a version, like a, like a, a music version of, of politics of like, of replacement theory, right? Hey, if we let if we if we cover one black lesbian, you know, make it a country song, you know, what's going to happen next? Then, you know, in, in six months, country music is going to be run by black lesbians. 
you know, it's like that kind of irrational yeah, fear, back, right? But yeah, but yes. But, right. And so, but what I, what I'm interested in is uh, there's a quote and I never know who says it. I've tried to find it. I can't even find it, but somewhere back, it's probably like Gertrude Stein or one of those public intellectuals. And, and they say, um, it's better to have good taste or it's best to have good taste. But if you can't have good taste, it's better to have bad taste than no taste. And I get it and I kind of agree, but I kind of disagree a little bit. And, and when it comes to music, and this is where my, where my snobbery comes in, like if you don't have some sort of taste, good taste, like just shut the fuck up. You know, like, no, like if you can't, if you can't talk about some of the nuances of, of these things and, you know, like, you know, don't come at me with just this you know, mainstream view of so-and-so is awesome and so-and-so sucks. And it's like, no, it's more, let's have a deeper conversation. And I find to, to be able to do that, you have to have listened to music for decades and explored different type, different genres and different trends and different, you know, and have, and then, then when you talk about it, you can talk about it with a little more nuance. And I don't want to say like sophistication. I don't want to bring it to that level, but a little more sophistication. Well, you know, it was National Vinyl Day on on um, on uh, on Saturday, and I went to I went to a record store called uh -oh. Radiation, Records, Radiation Records in Anaheim, and I bought. I, I can't wait to see this. Hope it hope it measures up. A Pretender twelve inch, yeah, from nineteen eighty. It was two dollars. What and, song? What uh, song is that? Uh... Oh, it's a uh, Message of Love, Talk of the Town. Yeah, like Cuban slide and a live version of Precious. So I supported. I bought. I bought that. And I also bought. You're gonna laugh. Jack Wagner's "All I Need" when he was on General Hustle back in the '80s. Look at that hair. Look at that armpit. Look at that hair. Um, so James, remember that that quote I just said? It's better to have a <laughs> better to have poor taste than no that's taste. why I had to show that. I had to show the Jack Wagner just for you. It was just for you. Just for you. <laughs> That's for you. I don't worry about my. I have a very. I'm not a snob, but I know I have good taste in my in my work. So I'm not worried about. I'm not worried about you. I'm not worried about Jerry Carroll. His taste. Um, but I'm sitting in the chat room. I just want to say the chat room gets. I love guys are all talking. They go back and forth to all this stuff. And I'm sorry. I disagree. I love Sade. Sorry, I disagree with you guys. Um, but uh, Joanne says I got the first Tracy Tap Chapman tape for my mom's Columbia house. Uh oh, awesome. Yeah, I'm five for a penny, nine for a penny. That's right. Yeah, pay for it later. That's right. Uh, <laughs> yes, I love it. Um, but yeah, no, but no, it's, it's so I'll bring up Lizzo for a second because that kind of ties in this too. Oh, yeah, tell me about Lizzo. What's going on with her? Well, apparently her backup dancers are claiming she was sexually harassed them and forced them to do stuff, and also fat shame them. And she Lizzo fat shamed them. They're claiming you know, so they, they like trying to harass them and try to get them to do certain things against their will or whatever i don't know I, I don't know the whole story like that i don't know if i believe everything but i don't know it could be true obviously folks folks could be one thing in public obviously and some privately um yeah. but it's hitting lizzo hard because first of all, i was a huge fan of lizzo so it hurts me hard but also she was so body positive and so about loving everybody it's really hitting her brand it's very it's very ellen degeneres Happy again. Yeah, I was gonna say, is she is Lizzo saying anything? Is she is she I said some says she's denying everything, of course. Saying I've always been open about my sexuality and my weight and 
uh, my dancers. And so I always, so I always go to you live once you start living in rarefied air. And, and what I be, mean by that, folks, if you don't understand what that means, meaning that once you start making money and you're and you're getting rich and you're around people, yes people saying yes to everything. And, and they always say once you become a corporation, so to speak, and everyone's on your payroll, it includes family, friends, whatever, things change. I believe that completely. That's why I won't hire any of my family members or my friends. I want I want to be able to order people around uh, when I get rich. Uh, but it say it changes. I always feel like once you get in that rarefied air, certain things probably just naturally happen. Yeah. Behaviors. Not saying it's right or wrong, but saying it happens. And a lot of folks you just fall in line because they want that money or they only want the fame or they're star fuckers or whatever. And then something happens really big, and then they're like just then they all of a sudden they get, they, they're against them all of a sudden. But I just, but I just wonder if that is how it had did Lizzo do those things, but not for any harm. But it's like, come on, go to the strip club with me. We're, we're friends. And the person goes, well, I was religious. He said, I was religious. And I didn't want to go. I, I went anyway because I was working for her. Mm. That's like, well, do you have a right to say something now? Or do you have a right? Oh, she said, I mean, like, it's, it's a whole thing. I mean, it's, I'm saying it's just kind of weird. So anybody who's rich or in that rarefied air of stardom, it must be a trip. And then a lot yeah. of times we have these falls from grace because we realize it's too much in certain situations. Yeah, I mean, I, I can't say I'm, uh, you know, I, I like the, the concept of Lizzo and what, I, what I've heard of her. I mean, again, I don't really listen to, to her music, but not, you know, I'm not against it. Right. But from articles I've read, and I, I know, I think it was probably, probably a year ago when she, she changed a lyric because it was, you know, it was like a, against uh, disabled people. And she, yes. her fans let her know. And she said, oh my gosh, I'm so sorry. And like yeah. Friday it was this way. And then Monday it was re released and it was, the lyric was gone. Yeah. So yeah. That kind of stuff. Like, it's like, all right, I can get behind, I can get behind this. So in my mind, I had this kind of positive yeah. vibe of her as a, as a, yes, a star, but one who was promoting the right things. And so, but then it makes me wonder, just to be fair to this conversation, like, all right, I think it's, you know, I'm, I'm liberal and progressive. I, you know, all the things I, I would, I think you are as well, James, I don't want to stereotype you or, or, you know, put you in a, a too strict of or too narrow of a bucket, but do we, and I like what you said a few minutes ago, like, we don't know, maybe it's true, maybe, maybe it happened like this, you know, and we may yeah. never know. But are we more on kind of Lizzo's side because we like her politics? We like her, her, I don't know, her her vibe. Yeah. There's you know someone like, you know Trump. Fuck that guy. Right. Right, right. Right. I don't know. I'm just trying to be you know fair to this 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 type of uh, you know discussion. Well, it goes back to I mean, not to, we're doing we kind of, I kind of stay on this. I want to stay on the music side of things. Yeah. Um, it's like uh, I almost went somewhere else. I said, I want to stay here. I'm telling myself out loud. So, like, so like, for example, someone brought in the chat room. Mariah Carey comes out with Vision of Love, huge hit, whatever. Album comes out by Tommy Matola. He's the head of whatever label. He's a, he's a producer. He marries her. And the first two or three albums, he chose, she wrote the songs, right? But he chose the, the image. 
she got tired of it, decides to leave, and and of course she's very successful. But it's one of those things like, so do you vilify him? Because he was, he was a little abusive and this, and he was controlling. But yet he did get her where she is. You and I had this talk on our other show uh, about I was talking about Joe Jackson and stuff, and I just like that he, you know, there was it wasn't for Joe's steadfastness, there'd be no Janet or Michael or you know anybody to fan. Like it was there was talent in there, but we kind of beat it out of him a little bit. Like, but it's like it was it was rough. But they even they were kind of like he was strict, but we are who we are because of it. So it's yeah. that thing of like. In this industry of music and stuff, there are people that, you know, bring you along. Yes, and at first, yeah, you know, the, the infamous uh, contracts are just horrible contracts. You sign them, they owe you for a lot. Like, I get it. So like, I mean, I get, I mean, but then it's like, well, then, so do you still vilify them? Or is that just, I mean, or, or you said, is there two sides there? Is there, can two things be true at the same time? Which I'm kind of like you. I feel like two things... Two things can be true at the same time. It could be yes, that there was that was horrible what that happened, but at the same time they brought us this talent that and she overcame all that, so she's fine in the long run. Right, Carey is the most successful female artist of all, of all time. You know, it's like it, it kind of it still worked out for her, right? It still yeah. works. Yeah, that's that's a tough one because right? I mean you're in, you're in media, so you you're you're probably not probably you're more familiar with just the ins and outs and the behaviors and the trends and the you know than than I am but you know I I'm not I'm I'm no dummy yeah. you know how do we get to like who's who's doing what based on what motivations and you know when there's money when there's fame when there's you know, all these, these types of opportunities at stake, whether you're the artist or someone behind the scenes, producer, you know, whatever, whatever your role is, right. Who's doing what, for what reasons? And how do we, how do we really know that? And often we don't. Um, and so there's something about, um, I don't know. It's like, you know, those of us who who are interested in this stuff, which clearly we are, we talk about it a lot. You know, we we do our research, we read, we go, you know, we read articles, we read books, we read memoirs, we read interviews, we watch, you know, clips, and we we as best we can, we get a sense for, you know, for lack of a better, you know, the true story, or at least the you know our version of what we understand is the true story and and then you know we make our decisions you know based on that which i don't know i guess that's the best we can do well you know it's funny i was watching a documentary recently uh, about george harrison and and when his first album came out they're like you had all these songs you just write them goes no he goes no during the beatles i we I, you know i was able to get one maybe two songs on the album it was a democracy so it was like it was mostly lennon mccartney clearly and he get a couple of songs on there, um, you know, maybe "Here Comes the Sun" or something. Where we got a few, but he said, "But he left the group. He had all these songs over the years, and so he did all things must pass." And I think there was a huge hit stuff for him. But they were like, "You understand? It's like there's." He didn't talk crap about the Beatles, so to speak, because he was still it was a huge successful group, obviously. Um, but then he had solo success also. It's kind of like one of those kind of things where it's like, well, 
yeah, there were some things that probably in that band, that's what I thought. They got, they even broke up. But there was also, yeah, the, the benefits still happen, you know, um, or all the folks who say like, well, you know, um, Prince would work here and work here and work here and then we went to the next person. Madonna, that's probably true. But they were musical geniuses. And at the time you bought into it, you had some success with him or with her. Yeah. Your name got big because of her or him. Sure, it probably wasn't the greatest, but you know they were trying to. They were they had a drive. They were trying to make it. They had talent. They were trying to make it. I mean, like I, I I'm sure both things are true. She probably was a dick at that time, and but over here, you did have a, you won a Grammy. Like you like, like she helps you get. You know, like it's it's yeah. like you could. It's, it's one of those weird things. Like you could talk crap about them a little bit, but it's kind of like well, you still benefited. Yeah. Well, I'm gonna. As I sometimes do, I just had a thought. Cool. Well, I love it. And it, <laughs> love it. Sometimes I have thoughts. Uh, so I think listeners know, and I think you know, you know, I my kind of life philosophy is, is Buddhism around equanimity and you know, trying trying to observe without reacting and judging. Uh, in some ways, it's hard doing this kind of work because you know you want change and you want it yesterday, but really trying to not be it be be invested in but not attached to change, right? Be committed to change but not attached to it. And I'm wondering, you know, us as commentators, as fans, as you know, as consumers of the of the of the art, you know, the music, how can we, when we're discussing these, you know, going back to like what we were very first talking about around like, you know, the Beastie Boys or Debbie Harry or or Vanilla Ice or, you know, whoever, these white artists doing black music. How can we express our our opinions in a in in just that as an opinion without a, a judgment or a or an attachment to our opinion? And I'm personally interested in that. And sometimes I have to catch myself going deeper and like, wait, Jared, do you really care about this? Like I do, but not in the way that I'm starting to express myself about it. Meaning I'm interested in these topics, both musically and kind of racially and, you know, from a social justice perspective, but I don't really care, you know, how to phrase this. Not that I don't care. It, it doesn't really matter that much what my opinion on Tracy Chapman and Luke Combs is. So how can I express it in, in, a, in a context like this, you know, on a, on a media show or anywhere where my opinion is out there, my belief is out there, and then people can do with it what they want. And it adds to the overall Okay, uh, I'm gonna I'm challenge you right now. Make a Please, statement. Make a statement. As you can say, I was I was kind of making that up on the fly. I know. I'm gonna challenge you right now. Make a statement on it. What's your statement? My statement on Luke Combs' success over Trace Chapman's song. What is your official statement? My official statement is that knowing what I know about whiteness and about country music, that there should not be any controversy and that any distaste or dislike or, or, or criticism of it is based in, in, in racism. There, that's, that's about as succinct as I can get. There you go. So you but thank it. you for challenging me and putting me on the spot. 
Yeah. Well, then you did it. So you made a statement. I mean, that's the thing. I mean, I think we just do it. Right. Yeah. I mean, the thing is, there's two sides of the coin, I think. And you may agree or disagree with me on this. I think two sides of the coin. For the white folks, they have to figure out a way to care. Yep. For black folks, we care too much. Yeah. I at the basics. I mean, there's the other different nuances, but that's the, I think that's the basics because we're so busy. Black folks are so busy trying to hold on to or trying to get into or trying to hold on with and get into certain spaces that, that we're so, so we, we are feeling so strongly. I don't think a lot of black folks have not commented on this situation. So I don't think it'll be, a lot of them are like, I want some country music, I don't care. But there are black folks who listen to country music. There are black folks who down in the South and other places like country music. I know a lot of Latinos who like country music. And like, it's not a monolith thing that just white folks listen to it. But a lot of them haven't said anything because they feel like, good for Tracy Chapman, probably, good for her. It's a, it's a song we know, we like it, it sounds good. But it's like, with the white folks who are saying stuff, it's like, that's the, they're making themselves care too much about it, so to speak. What is, yeah, I, I like that and I agree. What is Luke Combs? What has he said about it? What has he had a, a statement or a response to the criticism? Because is it the criticism of him specifically, or just kind of of the direction of, you know, of where country music could be could be going? Like right now, uh, let's see other news. Um, what I was saying, a lot of people born after night. This is just three days ago, New York Times. This summer, a lot of people who were born after 1988 are discovering Tracy Chapman thanks to Luke Combs. Um, is he saying is he say anything? So I've seen a quote in USA Today. Everyone, I mean everyone across all these stadiums relates to this song and sings along. That's the gift of a supernatural songwriter. No. The success of my cover is unreal, and I think it's so cool that Tracy is getting recognized and has reached new milestones. Yeah, there you go. All right, there we go. So yeah, so that's a huge thing. So it's kind of funny. I um, you know, I just, I just, you know, I, you know, you, we hear about like you know, in Europe, especially in England, them really protecting our African American artists. Um, that's dancers, actors, singers, musicians, more so than we have. Um, mm. and any place like in England, the UK. They love BB King. He had top ten hits. They love Louis Armstrong. They love. They really protected our artists over there, where we just kind of like, eh. We'll totally. I mean, look how, many, look how many jazz artists went to Europe in the fifties, sixties, seventies. I mean, Dexter Gordon. Uh, I mean, uh, Charlie Nate, Parker. Yeah, Charlie. Yeah, I mean, they just went over there like, wait, oh, yeah. yeah, I'll just, I'll just, I'll just hang here. I mean, Dexter Gordon moved to Copenhagen for like fifteen years. He's like, it's better than getting arrested for walking down the street in L.A. Isn't that crazy? It's like so. It's kind of like yeah. we, we fear our artists so much, so we have to think about it. that's all. That's on the show by itself too. Like that kind of like the, you know, the admiration across the pond for African American talent that in their own country, it was a divided nation on it. You know, it's like you know, and and you, you talk about Barry Gordy and how he had an assembly line, and it was just like boom, boom, boom. And many folks talk about the Supremes. You know, he was sleeping with Diana. Uh, and the other Supremes, I barely were better singers, uh, <laughs> but they did not get the same as as she did. And she, you know, do you? Was she she was a talent, and she was she had the it factor. She did. I mean, you can't you can't deny that. But well, couldn't have Florence Ballard done something, or Mary Wilson, who was bitter for years and wrote her book Dream Girl, um, which led to the whole musical and the whole thing. 
But that was something that, you know, we had, but then you, you can't deny Barry Gordy was a genius. He, he took like, he took that Detroit car assembly line and made it as music. Yeah. And all Jason all saying, saying, look at the Northern Soul movement in the UK. Exactly. I mean, you got, I just go back to what you said earlier. Just, I mean, just even bring it up, people like Elton John or Hall and Oates or, you know, or Billy Joel or people, you know, just there are folks like there's Lisa Stansfield or George Michael or I mean, these are folk culture club. They were very revered in the black community. Um, they, they were very, they had this, the blue eyed soul, the soul, the soul, Michael McDonald. You know, else they just, I mean, like they basically sound black to me, you know, close my eyes, um, you know, but it's like, but that's, you wouldn't have them. It's like, just that like they appreciated yeah. their, their talent is, and you look like hip hop, there was third bass and there was um, House of Pain and all these, and Bubba Sparks and these groups, they did that. They had a couple of hits and they kind of died out. Um, but I mean, like, I liked some of their song. I liked, I mean, like they were, they were, to me, yeah. they were respecting the genre. They were just kind of, they're doing a job. I mean, Hall and Oates most successful duos of all time. Period. I mean, it's like, and most of their music was R and B music. Yeah, I mean, one thing I've learned over the years, being you know really into music and understanding different genres and histories and stuff, is that I don't whether I actually enjoy a song or an artist is almost it it has about this much relevance. It's really whether I appreciate who they are and, and what they've done in the genre. So I think like Hall and Oates is a perfect example. They don't do it for me at all, but I get it. And I've seen, uh, and I always get it mixed up. Daryl Hall, is John Oates the dark curly? Yes, he is. Daryl Hall and John Oates, yes. Yeah, but anyway, w- one of them has like a show and he does old blues songs. And yeah, Daryl Hall does. Daryl Hall that would, Okay, yeah. It's like, oh, all right. A little cheesy for me, but I, I appreciate it. I get it. So like, and then there's a great cover and people after the show, YouTube, this YouTube, um, Nikki Bloom. Uh, I can't go for that. Okay. And, and, it, and it's her, she's driving down the road on, on her, in her, like a VW van and she's driving and there's a, there's a iPhone on the, on the dashboard and it just captures her in the driver's seat. And then like the rest of the band, they're playing guitar and like this little keyboard and they do a cover of, I can't go for that while they're driving down the road. It's genius. And she even does the sax solo on a kazoo while she's driving. I'll check it out. Check it out. And it's like, oh, okay. So it's like knowing that this kind of modernish, you know, not huge, but you know, decent, decent, uh, decently big kind of country rock person is covering a, a Daryl Hall and John. It's like, okay, there's something there. And and then, you know, as a guitarist, I'm watching, like, oh, that's what that riff is. Okay, that's a kind of a cool riff. You know, and then you have a new appreciation for it. Whereas if, you know, maybe 15 years ago, I'm like, fuck those guys. Right. You know, it's like, no, like, be open to to evolving uh, your taste. Well, so what's funny is it, it was very well documented that Prince's Purple Rain was supposed to be a country song. Oh, really? So when you listen to it, there's kind of, you can tell where it could have been country. You could totally tell, okay, I can see where if they just changed this chord, or didn't have that, or added this. It was right. He really he wanted to write it with Stevie Nicks. That was something they they did stand back for her, uh, and he asked her to write um, co-write Purple Rain. So there was too much for her. She couldn't do it. As Prince, she couldn't do it, but she didn't do it. He wrote it himself, but he envisioned it as a country song. So I was just saying the influences are just. And he wrote a country song for an artist named Deborah Allen back in the eighties called Telepathy. 
was really good actually. Um, but again, it's just like if you're a songwriter, you're a songwriter. To me, it's like the song, I mean, you know, page you on the stage. We always say that and we always say that on TV and, and movies. And that, but it's the same thing with the song. If there's no song, you know, I think it's just it's like it's and in country, very much so, it's a lot of storytelling songs. I'm not saying in other and and, and so does. And so does, um, you know, R&B and hip hop. Yeah, they have stuff. But I'm just saying in country a lot, why I like some countries because they really do go into storytelling. And yeah. this is kind of the style. And I love well, it. You know what? I'm uh, Just one last thought. And, I, and then we should probably wrap oh, up. Oh, yeah. Sorry. Sorry. Okay, sorry. Yes. Sorry. Yes. Well, so I, as I mentioned, I play in a reggae band. Uh, the lead singer uh, and I, we probably have the most the closest sensibility as far as musical tastes and stuff and what we bring to the band. Uh, his name's Keith. And we were talking, I don't know, 10 years ago and some, you know, some of the other band members, because we're a cover band, but we, we, you wouldn't know it unless you knew all the songs, like in some songs, you know, but lots of like, Oh, Hey, is that an original? Uh, yeah, it is. Right. So, but you know, each person just, Hey, we should try this. And like, okay. And then we do like a reggae version of it. And, you know, most of the time it's pretty cool, but sometimes some of the people in the band, they bring like, Oh, we should do, it's like, really? Like, if all the songs to choose, you, you want us to do that one? Like, how how boring, how cliche. So anyway, Keith and I were talking once, and we were saying, like, we both have this idea that of discovery and exploration and discovering a new artist and a new song, and immediately it's your favorite song. Yeah. Like, I don't need to know who they are. I don't need, to, I don't need anyone else to know who they are. It, I'm not wrapped up in whether you know them or not, or wh whether you care. It's this is good. It's new. I like it. It's awesome. I'm going to explore. And I think that when we're talking about some of these things, the Tracy Chapman, like it, whether you're a fan of Tracy Chapman, which clearly you're not, you know, or not, right? We know that song. And so, you know, on one end, that's good because Luke Combs is bringing, you know, attention to this black artist and she's like, hey, cool with me. Sounds good. You know, sounds thanks. You know, thanks for all the money. Right. But then wouldn't it be wouldn't it be cool if like someone did like a cover of a song like, of you know, I don't know. I, I'm going to bring in Fela Kuti just because I've been listening to him a lot like Fela Kuti, like people who know know who he is. But most of the world, like the mainstream music world, probably doesn't know who he is. And so, like, how cool would that be? Well, that's what well. I'll piggyback on that and say that that is happening. Not, I don't know for sure for him. No, but not him. I'm saying, but that is happening. That's the whole thing. It's, it depends on the next generation. And that's what every generation, when they discover their parents' music or their grandparents' music um, or TV shows or movies or comics or anything, clothing, it's, it, I always say it's the next, it's that next director is maybe he's a baby right now who's gonna grow up and go, oh my God, my Papa Jamie used to play Prince. And suddenly, or or some obscure artist that I listen to, they go, oh my God, uh, the shakedown. I listen to, oh my God, I, you, should, you should hear them. And that, and maybe they'll be in a position where the shakedown's still around, bring them back on, bring them on the show. And then they, you know, it's like, it is it is happening. And, like this, and going back to the hip hop thing, that's what's happening now with a lot of the women in hip hop are recognizing the women in hip hop in the past because they've had a bad rap, but I'm bump over the years. Um, they're actually recognizing the you know the yo-yos and the MC lights, the queen. They're, they're, they're bringing them to and bringing them the newer artists starting to work together. They're calling it a sisterhood. 
Um, so I think you're right. It, it is. It will take someone of a newer generation to discover the vinyl of Jack Wagner and go, oh my God, I love this song. And you're seeing it in sampling and song. It's, it is It is happening. So I would hold out that it may happen. Somebody may go, this, I love this Philly Kuti album. Like, why are we talking about it? You know, and then suddenly, you know, or this Bad Brains album. Oh my God, I love that. I mean, like, like you know, they're, they're, they're legendary also. I said, we can go to a whole new discussion. They're legendary also. Um, this one goes, I love this song of theirs. I'm going to put it, I'm going to sample it on my next single. I guess like you just, it is, it is. So to save you, it is happening. It is, your artist doesn't happen to your artist yet, but it is. Well, and we have to make it happen. I mean, I like, I do that with my kids. Like, you know, they don't choose the music in the car. I do. Yeah, and, exactly. Hello. I mean, they're starting to, now that they're a little older and they have more time. Nah. Man, I'm the one I'm driving the car. It's me. Well, and I do it for two reasons. One is selfish because I have better taste in music than they do. But two is like, I want, if we listen to what you listen to, you just be listening to Taylor Swift all the time and stuff. But you're going to, you're going to be exposed to this stuff that I'm listening to. It's going to be different. Every time I get in the car, it's going to be African. It's going to be hip hop. It's going to be, you know, uh, house music. It's going to be reggae. It's going to be dub. It's going to be Tracy Chapman, right? And now you're 14, you're 15, you're 16, you're having all these things and some of it you're going to like and some of it you're not. But in five years, 10 years, 20 years, 30 years, your point, like, oh yeah, my dad used to listen to Fella Cootie when he drove me to school. Oh, God, I hated that stuff. But now. That yeah. happens. That's how it yeah. happens. Can we, can we stage one thing? Can you say your uh, um, women in hip hop get a bad rap line again? Women in hip hop get a bad rap. Did you hear that? Barely. It's hard on Zoom. It's hard on Zoom. <laughs> I know I try because I have keyboards. I was gonna bring them over and start playing some, but it doesn't. It doesn't. It doesn't. It's really uh, sound. Certain pitches, Zoom doesn't pick it up. But you kind of heard it. I just found. I just typed in snare, snare, crash. Yeah, on. Yes, I, I know you. Yes. Anyway, all right. We, we tried, folks. This is live <laughs> television. We tried, and so we'll end it here. I, I just talked about so fast. It goes by so fast. I know it's so fun. Oh my God! So, folks in the chat, thanks for being, thanks for being in the chat and having the conversation with us. I, I, I love doing it live and seeing what you guys think. Thank you so much. And anybody who's watching afterwards or listening on the audio podcast, thank you. We appreciate yes. it. And please thank give us your you. comments. Um, yep. Where can they? Where if they want to find you and just I don't know and harass you, where where can they go? Uh, yeah, best place is LinkedIn. That's kind of where because you know I, I do this kind of you know philosophical race talk with you in the media world, but really I'm more in the corporate world in my in my day to day. So I'm mostly on LinkedIn, um, but you can also go to jaredcarroll.com, and that is also a white guy confronting racism.com. So you can get the book and uh, you know read all about the uh, um, coaching services and facilitation services that I don't really do anymore because I don't have time because I have a full time job. But if the right offer comes through and it's a it's a thing that can actually make a change and impact, then hey, let's talk. Yes, we never cut off opportunity, Jerry Carroll. That's right. That's right. The, the, the right money and amount and idea could be it. Mostly the idea. Yeah, I agree with you on that. But I'm just saying, you know, sometimes money's good too. Uh, I'm, I'm not. I'm not speaking for him. But for me, I'm cheap. I'm for hire. I'm James Audrey. A lot of help.com. Uh, just hire me for whatever and I'll do it. I have no shame. Um, it's fine because I have to. A guy's got to work. Got to work. That's right. Uh, but yes, with integrity too, fine, sure, whatever. That's fine too. Uh, but yes, and you can follow our podcast, which is really good. It's called A Black Guy and a White Guy Confront. It's on every streaming service, audio platform in the world. Not in the world, but most of the world. 
you can check it out. Especially Apple, Google, Spotify, iHeartRadio, all the biggies is there. And check that out. Uh, we'll probably do a show on race and music at some point. Who knows? We haven't done, but probably will. We have, we have some great topics. New episode this Friday. Drops this Friday. Drops this Friday. Everyone, take care of yourselves, each other, and live your life without racism. Hey, good way to end. <laughs>